0: Welcome back tonight, and we are here to finish what we started this morning about how God's generosity toward us and His ownership of all we have should find good expression in our generosity, in our giving generally, and then included in that specifically our giving to the Lord's work here. Periodically, Christians need to review what God-defined giving is, what the needs are, and if possible, make adjustments and recommitments. And so, we laid the groundwork for all of this this morning with a number of references to a variety of passages about Christians giving, about what God has asked local churches to do, and the interest that we should have in all of that. So tonight, I'm taking all of this very personal. We're going to talk about what we need to do. We're going to make reference to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And then after that, a few pages later, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. There will be other passages in the course of our study. But that's where we're going to begin, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So, concerning God-defined giving as described in the Bible, what do we do? We begin with what could be called personal determination according to what we have. Personal determination according to what we have. And so in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, we have an example of that. And it contains this principle of God, as you prosper, or according to your ability, your prosperity. And then it says, each one, or each of you. So I'm going to call this personal determination. Here's the example. Now concerning the collection for the saints as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collections when I come. Now, on a very simple level, this tells us that what we give determines or is determined by what we have. It says, each one as he may prosper. But now, we ought to be careful not to play around with that and turn this into something other than its authentic simplicity. The authentic simplicity of this is each one... That's personal determination. And then it adds, as he may prosper. So I cannot say to myself, well, I don't have much. I'm not really prospering. So I'm not going to give much. The rich folks can carry the load. Paul is not giving poor or average income people an excuse for minimal giving. Nothing about Paul, nothing in the New Testament, nothing in the entirety of God's revelation limits generosity to those that we consider to be of a higher level of income than we are. Everybody ought to do their part. That's the biblical principle. In keeping with... What they have. But this doesn't mean the rich sacrifice and those who are not rich are sort of off the hook. That's not the meaning of this at all. God doesn't want anyone to sit around and rely on the giving of others while dropping in a meager token contribution. God loves cheerful, generous, sacrificial givers who do not determine their amount through comparison with others. And by the way, comparisons are empty anyway, since we only guess what other people have. This is about personal determination that's made in your heart, made in each individual heart. Obviously, it's based on what you're able to do. But with the same cheerful, dedicated heart every child of God should have. There's the equality about all of this. As to content of heart in generosity, it ought to be the same in every child of God. Because we are children of God. Nobody can make that determination for you. You cannot make that determination based on some imagined or perceived comparison with those you think have more than you. You are able to make that determination just like every child of God who loves God and wants to support the work he has given, God has given to churches. So what we do is make a personal determination. The Bible says about this subject that God loves cheerful givers. I'm in 2 Corinthians 9, at verses 6 and 7. Where Paul says, by the way, I'm going to read this entire chapter later. But for now, I want to pick up verses 6 and 7. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one Now there's that personal determination again. Each one must give as he had decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Once again, there's that element of individual personal determination, and it's also according to ability. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, God loves a cheerful giver. You know, there's something broader here going on. Throughout the dispensations of time, from the beginning, through the patriarchal period, through the rule of Moses' law, and into the teaching of Christ... God has never been pleased with reluctant service. God has never been pleased with reluctant service, grumbling, half-hearted efforts, and begrudging worship. God has never been pleased with that. But you hear this sometime, and sometimes what you hear is an attitude that could be described as, Do I have to? Do I have to? Have you heard that before? Do I have to go to church? And it always has that tone about it. Do you have to go to church? Do you have to talk to people about the gospel? The do I have to attitude has never been pleasing to God about anything God requires. That God has set forth in all the dispensations... For instance, in our worship, Jesus said in John 4, God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. There is nothing in that phrase, in spirit and in truth, that permits any reluctance or any do I have to sort of attitude. God has never been pleased with reluctant service about anything unto him. Grumbling, half-hearted efforts and begrudging worship do not glorify God, do not please Him, and do not contribute to our spiritual health or the spiritual health of anyone we're with. So, it is with our generosity in general that we must not be begrudging and giving to the local church specifically. God is looking for willing hearts, ready to sacrifice, happy to give back to him what might be kept or used for some earthly purpose. The poor widow we read about this morning exhibited no regret, no sadness when she gave all that she had. God loves that. God loves a cheerful giver. What do we do about god defined giving? We make a personal determination based on our individual ability, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. And we make certain that in our hearts there is this cheerful spirit of generosity giving back to God what He's allowed us to have. Then the Bible teaches in our giving and in every other of our responses to God, we need to review what we're doing from time to time and reevaluate our commitments. And sometimes that will lead to additional efforts. It will lead to doing more. And I say this because of what is written in the Second Corinthian letter. I'm going to read chapter nine in just a moment. Second Corinthians nine, fifteen verses there, that really in many dimensions address the subject matter of these two sermons today. But I need to begin by giving you the background. Paul put before the Corinthian church a need, a God-defined need. And he wrote to them about this need in the first letter that he sent. And in fact, that's the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that we read earlier about personal determination the Corinthians had in some way expressed their willingness to be participants in that benevolent need for needy saints. But they had not acted promptly. And we're now at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen to this, and many things will occur to you on this subject of generosity As we read the chapter, and then I'll talk about how it relates to the point we're making tonight. 2 Corinthians 9. Now, it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them." But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter. So that you may be ready as I said you would. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange and advance the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not an extraction. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others." while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. And then, would you notice how the chapter ends? Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. Paul is urging the Corinthians to do what they said. To review their earlier commitment and act on it. A commitment... Requires a decision, and then very often we express that decision and that determination verbally, but sometimes we stop there. So, the way a commitment ought to work is a determination in our hearts, and then we verbalize that commitment if necessary, and then we take action. We act on that. Paul wants to take them from the verbalizing of their commitment to fulfilling what they said they would do. And would you look with me at the last verse in 2 Corinthians 9. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. Remember, what I said this morning, the basis of our giving is that God has been perfectly and abundantly generous with us. In order for us to make good connections with generosity... We have to connect what we do to what God has done for us. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. He gave us His image in creation. He gave us His Son so that we could be recreated in His image when we were buried with Christ in baptism. God will give heaven to His people. So, God is illustrating the generosity that ought to be expressed by each of us. Our Father is so generous to us, doesn't it seem not only reasonable, but pressing and urgent for us to review our generosity, to consider the God defined needs, the local needs, and what we might be able to do more? Often, When we review our giving and our budget, we determine we can do more. I'm being repetitive about this connection. But what we do in generosity, in every respect, and in the particular respect of the local church, we follow God's lead. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of change. Here I'll stress God-like giving should be seen in God's family. God gave his best while we are not divine are not we to give our best? Not just in money? in time, in talent, in encouragement, in service. One of our goals this year is to examine and improve our service to one another. That comes out of what? Our imitation of God and His generosity toward us. God is certainly good to us. How will we respond to Him? And how will we be good to others and have a good share in the work that God has assigned to the local church. What do we do? Personal determination according to our ability, cheerful giving, reviewing commitments we've made, following God's lead of generosity. And then one more point. It is private. Do you remember Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount? But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The Pharisees of Jesus' time were boastful, arrogant, ostentatious givers. There was nothing quiet about the way the Pharisees made their contributions. Historical accounts are, when the temple area was crowded, with embarrassing fanfare, these men would carry their packed money bags in the place of deposit, making certain they had an audience. And maybe even boasting about their tithing. They were seeking the praise of men. In one very interesting account, from a non-biblical source, the story is told of a Pharisee who had a bag of money and held it up very prominently. And the call had been sent out from the temple area that somebody was in need. And he would push the crowd away and he would say to the people, please stand back, I need to go take my contribution. And this account is that in some way he tripped and fell and the bag of rocks opened up on the ground. He was seeking the praise of men. And Jesus says, you may get the praise of men, but not the praise of God when that's the motive. Jesus makes it clear That's not the way you please God with your giving. It is a personal determination. Nobody needs to review the amount and offer their praise. Don't sound the trumpets. Don't brag about it. Make it so quiet. This is the imagery of the Lord. Make it so quiet. Your right hand doesn't know what your left hand has done. And that imagery is to convey to us the private nature of our giving. Closing this series of two sermons, I'll ask each of us to take some time to put these things together. What the Scriptures teach, what we're doing, and what the need is. What the Scriptures teach, what we're doing... And what the need is. And it is a private, individual evaluation that God is pleased to see us engage in. God is pleased to see us reevaluate and review all of our conduct, all of our expressions of generosity, remembering God loves a cheerful giver. Let's be standing as we sing.